0: in an apostolic church, which means you're in a Pentecostal church, and uh, we're going to talk about speaking in tongues. Sometimes people are very afraid uh, or nervous or, or even, uh, well, there's all kinds of emotions about people that speak in tongues. They're crazy. Many, many years ago, they would say, oh, that's of the devil or something. Some, some still do that, but uh, far, far fewer than, than they used to today many people are intrigued by it but they're still fearful of it so we're going to begin in acts chapter 2 and we're going to read from verse chapter 1 2 verse 1 everybody say praise the lord now most of this passage is right here so we're going to be you can follow us here all right and uh Here we are. And when the day of Pentecost... Let's read this first verse together, shall we? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. All right? So Pentecost receives its name. Pentecostals receive their name from uh, the day of Pentecost and them receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And on the first Pentecost of the church not the first Pentecost of the Jewish people because that goes all the way back to the time of Moses when God gave the law but the Pentecost of the church is when they gathered for uh, together in the uh, to pray for God to pour out the spirit and how many remembers why they were there praying anybody remember that the Lord told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem he told them to go Of course, everyone knows that tarry means to wait or something like seek. You could even, that's implied as well. So they went to seek or to pray. Now, and how many knows that you can still receive the Holy Ghost? Does anybody know that? All right. So uh, we got some lively folks here today. All right. So uh, folks can still get the Holy Ghost. This is a Pentecostal church. And by the way, here's what's interesting. What is the fastest growing churches? What are the fastest growing churches in the world? Now, there's all kinds of denominal people out there, but I can tell you right now that it is the Pentecostal church. The Pentecostal church is the fastest growing church in the world, movement in the world. And uh, many people said, for example, when it first began, that it wouldn't last very long because they thought it was cuckoo. People speaking in Languages they don't know. It simply was a continuation. Now, the first question most of us should ask, and if you're wondering, well, what about you know what, what about people that never uh believed in speaking in tongues? Well, then that was the aberration. Because the Bible said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So why was it that people ever got to a point where they they didn't receive the Holy Ghost and, and speak in tongues? And so uh, answering that question will... Uh, Open a lot of eyes. Um, How many knows that if you're struggling with the Lord, you're going to pray less? Anybody ever notice that if you're struggling with the Lord, you're going to pray less? The Bible even... (laughs) Well, I won't say that. Um, I was going to say that the Bible says to uh, love your wives... And to uh, treat them properly, I'm, I'm, I'm ad living it here a little bit, but uh, or your prayers will be what, Sister French, hindered, lest your prayers be hindered. So some of you that have not been getting your prayers, <laughs> no. Anyway, um, so prayers are affected by what's going on in your life. Well, as the church became less and less spiritual, let's say, then. In other words, in order to getting the Holy Ghost is not a simple matter because it requires of a person to be born again. How many knows that you must be born again of the water and the spirit? There has to be an actual uh, uh, birth affected. Anybody walking in and say, I joined the church, I'm a member, that that anybody, anybody could do that. Just walk in a building, I join. I'm not making fun of that because many people truly and sincerely love God. They're Trying to understand God and they go to church and someone tells them, join the church and come up here and stand here and bow your head and that and then you're saved. I've seen it a lot of times. But, and, and I'm not saying that's insincere. When people come up to it in a church and they bow their heads and they pray and someone tells them to do that, that can be very, very sincere. But that is not the power of God and the Holy Ghost. That's something else. Sincere, let's listen. listen. Okay, let's do it like this. Uh, how many knows the difference in a goose and a, well, not a goose and a duck. Does most people know the difference, you think, in a goose and a duck? Okay, well, let's not use that. Um, uh, I can't, I, my brain. All right, so uh, there are things that uh, you, you just know the difference when, when you see it. You can tell the difference. You see? And there's a difference in somebody being sincere with God. Now, what often happens is because people are sincere and they truly, I mean, I meet sincere people all the time. I know there's a lot of the American religions in a mess, but no matter what's happening in America, there are many, many, many sincere hearts all across this city. I meet people every day that are sincere and they mean it. But sincerity is not the same as the spirit. Being sincere is not the final step. Many people think, well, I'm sincere. The Lord knows I'm sincere, so that's it. No, 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 that's not the way it works. No, that's not the end. Just because you're sincere doesn't mean, well, I was sincere. Of course, sincerity is supposed to lead a person. An honest heart is supposed to lead us into the presence of God. Anybody here hungry for God today? Your, your spirit is reaching out to the Lord. See, Pentecostals have always been known as, as uh, thirsty and hungry for God. And th- th- this lesson's not going in that direction. But so when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Lord had sent them to the upper room, and they were all with one accord. Everybody say, one accord. In other words, this is the condition in which it took place. For example, we're, we're trying to, we're believing God for revival. Anybody believing God for revival? For souls that are lost to be filled with the Holy Ghost, repent of their sins. Everybody say repent. They've got to repent. You can baptize people all day long. Let me tell you, baptism by itself can save no one. Just getting wet. By the way, a lot of people just getting wet in a baptismal <laughs> tank. And then so they quit doing that. And they just throw it in their face or whatever. But folks, you can get baptized every day of the week. It's not going to change. You've got to repent. You've got to repent of your sins. Truly turn. That, that's a Greek word that means, metanoia means to turn your back. Now, someone said, well, I turn my back, but I keep looking. <laughs> well, yes, it's we in a sin for. So people make mistakes. But folks, the devil wants you to just say, forget it. Who Don't turn from sin. No, you need to turn from sin. No matter how many times the devil tries to turn you back around. I'm not going back. Hallelujah. And then, of course, you've got to go beyond that. You've got to repent. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And be baptized. Everyone say, And you got to add that. It's not just something that, well, maybe I'll do that someday. No, that's part of it. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. But even that cannot save you. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Anybody thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost here here today? So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. And I'm praying that God will. We're having a fast day this coming week. We're going to have fast. Fasting all the way up until October when we, when we have our revival services with brother, brother Campatello. Do we have a date on that yet, brother French? Are we going to get a date real soon? All right. You know he's pastoring a church. we were like one of the. I mean, we told him you got to come. We got to have you. And so we're we're fasting and believing God. How many? Let's lift our hands and ask God to to give us revival. That hungry souls will be filled with the spirit of god father we thank you for it lord we're hungry for it and we give you praise and we magnify your name o god because you alone are worthy hallelujah so they were in one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind so that's uh, that's marvelous Now, many times my non-Pentecostal friends—they're looking for reasons not to speak in tongues, and they'll say things like, you know, especially if they're pastors, they'll say, "Well, Talmadge, they didn't—did you hear a rushing mighty wind or something?" "Nope, never, never heard a rushing mighty wind." And they'll say, "Well, see, you didn't have a rushing mighty wind." So, now I. Never spoken tongues, but I still have the same. See, they want to say they don't have to experience what is going on here. And it's fine. So if we didn't hear a rushing mighty wind, of course, the fact of the matter is, this is a one time. How many have ever been to uh, uh, what is this? This When you go into brand new store and they're giving you balloons and and here's a hot dog and, and you want mustard and ketchup. What's that called? The grand opening. Okay, the grand opening. Is there another name? I'm thinking of another name. The, uh... <laughs> um, no, I'm thinking, okay, let me get a different, uh, maybe the hot dogs threw us off. Um, you go and, uh, what's the word for when it's a, the first day? It's like the first time it ever happens. And they've, like, they've, they've never been president, and now they're president. They're going to be president. That's called what? The inauguration. That's exactly right. Now, sometimes my preacher friends will say, well, you know, that's the same with tongues. That's just inaugural. That doesn't happen all the time. See, that's what they say. In fact, all of my non-Pentecostal friends tell me that, that you don't, it's okay to speak in tongues. I said, why didn't you say that 50 years ago when they were making fun of us and laughing at us? And now that we're, you know, we're growing, our churches are bigger than yours. Now you're saying it's okay if you want to speak in tongues. But not everybody does and not everybody speaks in tongues when they get the Holy Ghost. That's what I call the official charismatic view. That it's okay to speak and some people do and you might even want to. But lots of people get the Holy Ghost, they never speak in tongues. Well, let me tell you right now, that's not true. If you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in tongues. Now, you may get a lot of things. You may feel like electricity is running up your back and wow, but that's not the Holy Ghost. The Bible didn't say, I don't mean that isn't the Holy Ghost moving, but that's not the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Someone said, Well, I got the Holy Ghost. I just wanted to jump over things, woo, and run, down, run the aisle spirit. A running the aisle spirit doesn't mean you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, it, it hopefully means. That you didn't just have too much, uh, that, that, that you really are sincere and you're feeling the Lord. Like I'll have people come, I, get, I have it almost every week. They'll say, Pastor, I've never been, oh my goodness, what kind of church is this? Say, so we're, we're, we're wild, man, we just go for it. And they'll say, I've never felt anything like that before. And I'll say, that was the Holy Ghost. See, they felt it just like we feel it. Now, some people feel it and it scares them and they say, oh, I don't like that. See, some people react in different ways. But just feeling the spirit does not mean that you've received the Holy Ghost. See, some people mistake little steps along the way as though that's all there is to it. But what you, how many know that God wants to pour the Spirit out upon all flesh? He wants to give people the Holy Ghost. Let's pray for our neighbors right now in our city. Let's ask God to pour the Spirit out. Lord, you said you would pour the Spirit out. I pray that we will get rid of everything, Lord, that would hinder revival. That you would allow the Spirit of God to manifest itself. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Praise God. So speaking like I'm speaking to you uh, is a let's call it a defining characteristic of of being human. Uh, It is. And I'm not in any way taking away from the fact that sometimes we have handicaps and and we're we're human, but we're. We don't define humanity by our handicaps. We respect it and we, we understand that in a fallen world, for example, uh, there are all kinds of abnormalities that take place that hinder people. But we don't define the spirit through the hindrances that affect us. As, as a natural, to me, one of the most interesting things about humanity, of course, I'm a, I'm a linguist and I teach language. and. Uh, when I was young, I started into what they call ancient language, which is the study of of uh, <clears throat> Bible languages like Hebrew. Hebrew is one of the oldest, maybe uh, the oldest language in the world. And uh, certainly the precursors to Hebrew are the oldest known languages. And Adam and Eve, how many of those Adam and Eve spoke as soon as they were created? Nobody had to say. Adam, watch it. Look at me, Adam. Okay, now you need to go to school. School. You need to go to school. They didn't have to do that. Is that okay? (laughs) Look at him. The the Lord didn't say, okay, Adam. And they breathed into his nostrils. He got up and goes, oh, oh. God said, you must go to school. Learn. He didn't have to do that. He was created with the ability to speak. The moment he opened his eyes, he was a fully created human being, made in the image of God. And he began to speak. And he spoke with God. Uh, that was a language. Now, what that there's a lot of interesting discussion about what was that. Uh, I think the most common view is that it must have been a form of Hebrew because that's the Jewish language and so on. But and by the way, all Arabic and in Hebrew and Aramaic and Syriac, all of those languages are very closely related. Some people can't even tell the difference in uh, Syriac. Well, how many has ever heard of Syriac? Okay. It's not a serial. Okay. Syriac is one of the ancient languages, and uh, it's basically Aramaic. I mean, some people would say, you're an expert, and you're saying Aramaic and Syriac are basically, yes, basically they're they're the same language. Now, they sound differently the way they're spoken now and so forth, but they're basically from, and, and Hebrew is what started them off. So we got all these interrelated sounds. But my point is that God made man with an, an amazing ability that we call a speech. And so we could communicate and we could com- communicate with God. All right, I, that, I can always tell that I went too long. Uh, everybody say praise the Lord. I've got to turn this back on. Ooh. Sister French, can you make a note to for me to please set my timer so it doesn't go off while I'm preaching anointed things. All right. So the Lord chose to speak through us when he gives us the Spirit in exactly the same way that language is a defining element of our of our humanity. So he chose to Basically, take control. Now, this is where many, many, many people intellectually wrestle with receiving the Spirit because, well, for one thing, it can be very emotional. For example, you don't go, "Okay, Lord, I want the Holy Ghost. Thank you." Here's my ten dollars. See, that's not. It doesn't happen like it. It isn't a logical. I don't mean it doesn't have logic to it, but it isn't something that you just get because you follow logical steps to an end. And so you say, "Uh, "Lord." Uh, I want the Holy Ghost. There's emotion to it. There's something about it. Be the same. I mean, why would there not? How many knows that, that, that there ought to be emotion to it? Why, why would it be emotionless? Be like saying, yes, I love you. Do you take this woman? Yes. To be your lawful. Yes. I do. Okay. Thank you. It's not the way. Nobody expects that. How, do you still love me, dear? Yes. I mean, do you really love? Yes. Just imagine that. Think of a world where we expect emotionless. I want to tell the devil right now. You have fooled the last person. That walks in these doors. Because we are believing God that every hungry heart that walks in this tabernacle is going to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And their hunger is going to be satisfied. And that's going to require emotion. So some people get, uh, they, they're not used to that. <laughs> they're used to it in a lot of things. And even if they're used to it, let's say they're used to it in uh, something, you know, they caught a fish. Oh, I got a fish. I mean. I mean, it's just a fish, but man, this or this, thats just human nature. And when your soul, when your soul begins to, to begins to realize that the God of heaven is is actually communing with them, hallelujah. Many sinners will say, "I never thought I would ever have a relationship with God." I am telling you, you can have a relationship with God. That alters your very existence. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now we're skipping to verse 4. And they were all filled. Everybody say filled. That's inter- We're not going to dwell there, but I want you to notice that They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Does anybody know the difference in full... And not full. Does anybody know the difference? I don't know why this is so hard this morning. All right, I'm not trying to say, is this full? I'm just, I mean, I realize, well, let's make sure it's not full. Okay, so I realize that's not full. But what I'm telling you is, if I ask you, uh, how much do I have to add to make this full? All of us understand what full is. And yet, when it comes to the Spirit, we act, people act like, well, uh, the truth of the matter is you have to allow the Spirit to completely fill your soul. Praise God. Is anybody thankful the Holy Ghost filled you up with the Spirit and His power? Let's thank Him right now. Let's give God the praise for it right now. Lord, we give You praise because You filled our hearts to overflowing. and we, You're such a mighty and awesome God. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and began... To what? Everybody, they began to what speak with other tongues. Now, the word other there means other than what they knew. That's why they translated it's actually the Greek word that means a like a foreign tongue, one they don't know. They began to speak in tongues. I'm speaking in a tongue right now, but I know this tongue. See, I learned it as a child. My, my parents taught me to say certain words and, and I learned uh, this language. It's called English. But the difficulty for many people is that the Spirit of God causes a person to begin to speak. Now, I don't understand logically why some people can understand clearly why we speak language and a monkey doesn't. If anybody here has ever heard a monkey speak actually speak a language let's say speak English well l- let's say any language.
1: <laughs> but I'm what I'm saying is you ever heard an
0: English come up and say hey you got a you got a dollar see that would be you would be very wealthy because they've been trying for 60 years because the idea in evolution is that we came from something that was similar to monkey. Now, they used to say monkeys, now they don't. But you, you understand what I'm saying. That they're saying that we came from this similar species as the, as the ape or the monkey. And, and that we ended up speaking and they didn't. That's the, of course, that's the bankruptcy of evolution. It leaves people with nothing at all. But the truth of the matter, in fact, language is one of the great proofs there is no evolution. That God created us with the ability to speak, and he gave it only to man. That someone said, well, I want to take care of the planet because of whatever. No, that's not why we're taking care of the planet. We're taking care of the planet because God created it. He gave it to us. He put man in dominion over the planet and gave us the ability to do it. That's why monkeys aren't building skyscrapers or airplanes. They're not, not because they're worthless. It's because they weren't created to do that. Man was created to do that. And God gave him the ability to speak. And then when he fills him with the spirit, he gives him another or I'm saying another, but he gives him an unknown tongue, one that is not his native tongue. And he begins to speak in that language as the spirit gives the utterance. And that's what God does when he fills you with the Holy Ghost. So he he, they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit Gave them utterance, and then it goes on to say, "The promises unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call." So the Holy Ghost is real, and it's biblical. Um, now, somebody could say, "Well, I just don't see that." You know, I I, I believe you're sincere, Talmud. You really do speak in tongues, and I, I accept that. Uh, You you teach language, and and I understand that, but, uh, but I don't think that everybody that gets the Spirit speaks in tongues. So now you have an intellectual battle going on. So I'm saying, no, if you want what the apostles have, you're going to get exactly what they got. You're not going to get something else. Anybody here hungry for the same Holy Ghost the apostles had? (laughs) Well, evidently the whole world is because they're getting the Holy Ghost all over the world. Praise God. And it's because He gives them the utterance through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, that same Holy Ghost heals your body and, and... and gives you power that you never dreamed of, and and the power to overcome, and and gives you victory. Put your hands together, and thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost that works itself in our lives. Now, let's go to the next slide. Now, Galatians 2, I want us to look at some aspects of uh, speaking in tongues that are what I call spiritual benefits. The first one is that There is a relationship. Let's look at this section. Kind of look right here. The fulfillment of the role of faith and obedience in your life is manifest in receiving the Holy Ghost. All the things that God wants to do, all of the elements of faith and all of the gifts of the Spirit and and, uh, all of the promises of God are manifest in receiving the Spirit. So at the very top, it says faith and the baptism of the spirit and salvation are intricately connected. The only way to uh, receive salvation is through faith. Does everyone know that? There's only one way through faith. You can't buy it. You can't you, you can't get in water and get it. You can't go get baptized and get it. The only way you can get salvation is through Faith. And the Spirit provides it. When you have faith, the Spirit begins to work. So some of you right now are, have a needs and, you're, and you and and you you have financial problems or you have concerns in your life. Or maybe you have wayward children or you have neighbors or, or, or work issues that you don't know what to do with. How many of us say God is able to take care of it when you pray in Jesus' name? God is able to take care of it. Now, let's go down to Galatians. Now, you could turn in your Bible, but since I'm kind of having to rush along here, I want us to look at Galatians chapter 3, and I'm going to look at 2, 5, and 14. Just a couple portions of Galatians 3. Now, he, he, Paul asked the question, and I'm going to rephrase it. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? And, of course, the answer would be no. You, 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 these... Uh, people got the Holy Ghost because they were in the upper room. And, and then ever since then, uh, so there were 120 in the upper room. And then they began to preach. Apostle Peter preached Acts 238, repent and be baptized and receive you the Holy Spirit. And then 3,000 of them received the Holy Ghost all at one time. How many knows that that's happening in our day? Thousands of people are receiving the Holy Ghost at one time as the Spirit is being poured out. And the Bible said in the last days, I'm going to pour my Spirit out upon all flesh. Everybody say all. all. Everybody say all. <laughs> that means no matter what the color of skin, no matter who they are, no matter what they've got, he pours the spirit. Someone said, well, they're not good enough. They're not good. They're not good enough. See, that's what a lot of us think. They're not good enough. But God pours the spirit out. Now, people that are sinful and the spirit is poured out, they're going to say, I can't wait to get to the, to the uh, uh, restaurant or the whatever. See, they're, they're, uh, they're, their minds are on the restaurant. But those that are hungry for God, he pours the Spirit out upon everybody. That's what he's doing. Hallelujah. He's pouring the Spirit out on your loved ones right now. And, and uh, as they begin to feel the presence of God, they have to respond in their own way. So Paul asked the question, have, have you, did you receive or did you receive the Spirit by the works of Of the law by doing certain things. And no, 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 you didn't. The only way you received the spirit was by the hearing of faith. So, of course, he asked the question. I'm answering it for you. Or by the hearing of faith. He gives them two alternatives. Was it the law or was it because you heard through faith? And when you had faith, (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost here. When you respond by faith, then something begins to happen. There is a difference. There's a difference between a person. You can be the vilest of creatures. And if you respond by faith and say, yes, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you. All of a sudden, all of heaven takes notice of what's happening. The power of God comes down. I don't have to know how I put the key in there and that things I don't even have to do that anymore. I don't have a key. I just take my little... I call it the key, but it's not a key. I could be uh, halfway down the street and go like that and my car starts. I don't have to fully understand it. I don't even... I went about a week last last few days without a car because it turned out that my battery died. I mean, it died. Have you ever seen something dead, really dead? My battery was very, very dead. And they said, Reverend, I said, what is it? Just tell me what it is. Your battery's Dead. I said, well, I've been trying for a week to get it to start. I've I've done this. And, you know, in the old days, you could take these things and hook them onto your battery. You know, okay, let's try to start that. See, I don't have to understand that. To know that there's power under that hood. And when God begins to move, you don't have to understand every single thing about it. What you've got to do is respond by faith. I hear it and I want it. Hallelujah. Now, let's keep going. I'm watching. I know you're nervous. All right. Here, therefore, he therefore that. Okay, here we are. We're right here. He therefore that ministereth you by this. uh, Well, let's get it right. He that ministereth. Okay, we're going to get off the King James just for a second. Okay, he that ministers to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you. Does anybody see that? That's in the Bible. Is anybody looking at that in Galatians? Okay, several of you are. I just want that to sink in. Some people are offended that the Bible would say that a man of God or a woman of God worketh miracles, which is huku it'd be like saying you how dare you say you started that car i didn't say i'm the car i didn't say i made the car i didn't say i understand the car i didn't say i'm responsible for the car how many knows that pastor french is not the owner of lincoln or cadillac or whatever the rest of them are called no i don't have a thing to do with that but i do know how to get the power started So when a man of God, a woman of God, ministers the Spirit, everyone say ministereth to you the Spirit. Hallelujah! That's what's going on right now in this in this early service. Hallelujah. Oh, folks, I want to tell you, we're going to have one of the greatest revivals we've ever had because we're going to pray. Let's lift our hands and tell God we want it, Lord. We want to see lives turned around, loved ones. We're tired of the devil having its way. We want the Lord to have his way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for it. Now, some of you need to get it under the blood. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. So You can like it or you can not like it. You need to quit resisting the man of God. When the Lord uses the ministry to touch and speak, you need to say, Yes, Lord. Don't say we ought to, We should go to Harvard, or we need somebody that's this, or we need someone. What you need to do, hey, let me tell you, God's not going to take that as an excuse. What He's asking you to do is say, "The Lord is moving in my midst. I'm going to praise Him and magnify Him." Somebody runs around the church, and you get all uptight. Now, I want you. You're going to receive this, or you're going to be in trouble. We need to. We need to let God be God. Someone said, well, I'm afraid that they're carnal. Or I, I don't know about that. You, you, okay, you need to quit judging everybody. I don't mean you can't have judgment. There's time for that. But when God's moving, you don't need to be saying. Because sometimes God, how many knows that God can change a life just like that? And they could start running. Now, if people are running into the walls and you're worried about it. That, I mean, that makes sense. You're worried, they're running into the walls or they're running into you. But that's, that's something you need to leave up to the, to the preacher. You don't need to say, well, I'm gonna just, just going to sit here like a bump on a log because they're, they're kind of carnal or they're not my friend or they're the other thing. No, what we've got to do, we've got to be in one accord in the spirit. That doesn't mean we agree with everything. We can say, Lord, I realize that person is growing in the Lord. And they're not where they should be. But I also realize you're moving on them right now. You're trying to help them right now. Some of us want people to repent every single minute they're in your presence. How dare you not repent? I'm super spiritual and you're not. That spirit destroys revival. That's called Phariseeism. The idea that you can determine whether someone is sincere or not oh hallelujah your job is not to determine whether somebody is sincere the ministry can deal with that your job is to be in one accord and say father we need a move of God like we have never had it before we need a touch of the Holy Ghost here's here's what God wants to do I'm going to prophesy the Lord wants to pour his spirit upon this city and he needs his people he needs his people to agree with him hallelujah so paul's okay we may not turn this back to him oh my goodness he therefore that minister to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you see some of you get all crinkly when you hear that well god did it not him i had a guy one time there was a healing, and, and they said, I laid my hands on them. And I said, oh, oh, oh I see. You laid your hands on him." No, we need to quit worrying about who God uses and how he uses them and trying to get, make sure everybody knows that was me. No, God's got a plan, and that plan is to be in one accord in the presence, Come on, let's praise the Lord. I've only got a second or two. Lord, I thank you because your spirit is here. You're talking to us already. You're getting us ready for it, Lord. So doeth he it by the works of the law? That's what Paul's asking. Are these things done because someone was smart and they went to college? No, no. I know what the works of the law are. That's talking about the law of Moses. I did the law of Moses. I didn't, I didn't plow with an ox and so on. I know what the law is. He's asking, is it something you did that brought that up? No, it isn't. It's by hearing, the hearing of faith. Praise God. Does anybody need healing here today? Does anybody have a loved one that's not saved? Would you lift your hands and we're going we're to pray with you right now. Father, our time is almost gone. I pray for a miracle right now. Hallelujah. I pray the glory will fill this place. That we will be more interested in the glory of God than our own glory. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing and how you're doing it. All right, then he says in verse 14, I'm going to end here. Hold on, maybe I'm going to have to end before that. Let's stand, let's stand. Here we go. Now we're right here, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So God's asking us to believe him. Do you believe God can do today what he did back then? I wish I could get a real resounding. I really believe God wants to do today. Now, I don't I know that some of you are you're you're going through trials and so forth, but that is not an excuse. My trials are not an excuse for me not to say, "Lord, I want the promise of the spirit in my life." But and so let's pray together that God will help those that are struggling, not here today, but all across our city. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you because the promise is available. Lord, the spirit of God is moving in us and this place is charged with the presence of God Lord anoint today, anoint the word, anoint every heart, every singer, every life and Lord every teacher, every classroom Lord that the spirit of God is in charge of all that we're doing and we praise you for it hallelujah amen, oh oh, oh, folks, I tell you what, there's something in this place, hallelujah, let's clap our hands one more time, I'm going to get out of the way um thank you for uh for your attention uh and and we're we're believing god for revival